guys, if you don't know this, I've talked about it a lot. Everybody in Los Angeles uh, has stomach problems. Everyone's got like IBS or everyone's like gluten intolerant. I don't know what it is. It's like we're so fucking healthy here. And yet everyone's like you're shitting all the time or can't shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hi, everybody. We are doing our best. I'm Busy Phillips. This is Busy Phillips is doing her best. I'm joined per usual by Casey St. Ange. Hello. My partner in crime. A woman that always is doing her best. Wow. You are. You are. You are 100% always doing your best. 100 percent of the time. I believe that to be true about you. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, oh, our guest co-host nodding in agreement. It's none other than Mr. Tom Lank. Tom Lank! Hi, Hi Tommy Lank! Hello! Always doing your best, Tommy. I mean, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm doing my best. It may not be someone else's best, but I'm trying and failing. Loud, <laughs> loud and proud, strong you know but what- wrong. You know what I always say about doing your best? I always say that doing your best is the thing that we should all strive for. But if doing your best means that you're a dick to other people, that's not doing your best. That's just an excuse for being a dick to other people. And then you have to, then you have to reevaluate yourself. You know what I mean? That's my feeling. Which, by the way, you never are. Tom? I'm not saying Tom. What? No. No, no. Yeah. It just, made me, it just made me think that I do, I have a voiceover audition that's probably due today and I probably for, forgot to do it for someone who's a a dick. And I'm like, I can't believe this dick decided they need a cartoon. And like, <laughs> what do I, would I be working? Like, am I selling my soul to audition for this? Because I have openly s- said how dickish this person is. And are I you think, doing, are you doing the new Louis C.K.? Cartoon? Is that what's? Is that what you're auditioning for? Does, does he you have a cartoon? Could no, you imagine? You guys, could you I imagine can, if he I had a can. cartoon? I actually, I actually, actually, that might be the only way he comes back. I kind of can't imagine him having a fucking. Wait, did he have a cartoon? You guys, no, I'm not was, even kidding you. That was Little Louis. That was I, which I loved. I've been watching it with my son over quarantine. Life with Louis. Yeah. Louis is Anderson. That is, that yeah, is what I'm it's hilarious. It's hilarious because we uh, love Louis Anderson from Baskets. We j- watch a show that was just Christine Baskets. It's the best television character in recent history. You know, I've history. never seen that show. I've never I seen haven't that show. either. Oh my God. You have to watch it just for Louis Anderson as Christine Baskets, the most sympathetic, okay. amazing character. I just love Louis Anderson so much. But uh, yeah, but I loved the Life with Louis cartoon. And so I've been watching it with my son. Anyway, anyway. Um, but wait, I just want to give a refresher to the listeners at home. I'm sure you know, Busy always hates when I remind people of things, but I like to remind well, people. Well, I just feel like it's rude to the guests. <laughs> Because I'm like, Tom needs no refresher introduction. He is 
but like literally also busy remember that like people would be like i'm the biggest fan of busy tonight and you'd be Mm -hmm. like okay what is your favorite episode and they'd be like oh Mm -hmm. i've never watched it and that's true that is true (laughs) they'd be like i was busy tonight canceled i loved it so much Oh, really? Which was your favorite episode? I don't know. I just saw, like, the white chicks dance off on your Instagram. <laughs> ah, people oh. are so mm-hmm. dumb. You're so, so anyway, dumb. so yes, as, a re- as a refresher, reminder, Tom mm-hmm. Lank is the genius who would come on Busy Tonight. And also, like, by the way, we didn't think of it. Tom was already doing this. He just would come on our show and do it for us as well. He would do Lank's looks for less, Luke's for less, where he would dress up our writers and people from our show um, like knock off Oscar looks using like stuff from the dollar store or trash or whatever. So he would dress up Shantira in like rubber gloves to like look like I don't know. Who who did you dress Shantira as? Do you remember? Oh yeah, as Billy Porter. (laughs) In the the weird, in the tuxedo dress. Yeah. She uh, she got dressed up as a few things. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say, guys. I didn't do a visual learner's guide for the podcast last week because I just didn't feel like it was super necessary. But this week I will do another one and included in it, I will I will post again some of our favorite looks for less from the Busy Tonight program that Tommy uh, came on and did for us. But you know how Tom and I met? Also, you guys, you know that Tom's responsible for my entire fucking second <laughs> act of my career. Tom. <laughs> Tom, if I were you, honestly... I'm not even kidding you. You can, Casey can attest to this. I'm so fucking sick of paying people commission for shit that I'm like, I'm doing this all myself. Fuck you. Yeah. But, but if anyone should take a fucking commission on anything, it's you on my goddamn career. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll take it. I'm not going to pay you, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I am giving you credit. I am giving Is that, what's you, the credit that I should, yeah, I was like, yeah. Hey, here's this thing called Instagram stories. Okay, sh- guys, here's okay. the backstory. Here's the backstory. We have, um, we met through mutual friend, Jenny Mullen, Biggs, Jenny Mullen, Biggs. Did she go by Jenny Biggs or Jenny Mullen? I think Jenny Mullen, Biggs. I think, oh, wife of Mrs. Jason Biggs. I think for like, or is it just Jenny Mullen? I think professionally, she's she's just her original name. Let me look. Her original name, and what I always it? knew her as Jenny Mullen and Teets because that's her her oh, Jenny yeah. and former, Teets. That used to be no, that used to be her Instagram handle. Yeah, yeah her her IG handle is still Jenny Mullen. Okay, there we go. And she changed it from Jenny and Teets to Jenny Mullen at a mm-hmm. certain point because also Teets passed away. R.I.P. Yeah, Teets, yeah, a good dog. Um, but Jenny and I went to high school together and we were like, sort of like frenemies for years. We were a little bit like Lauren and who was the other one? On the hills? Uh, hills. No, but from Laguna beach in high school, it was Lauren and who was the other one? Six. Oh my God. Kristen Cavalieri. Kristen, 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 yeah. It was Lauren yeah. and Kristen. They were like the frenemies. They were like friends, but then like also not. Sure. And they like kind of like wanted to do the same thing in life and they kind of are still doing the same thing in life. And that's like me and Jenny Mullen only older and never on a reality show. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> but we love each other, but we do like love each other deeply and have like a very deep soul connection. And also I would just say this to anyone out there listening who maybe 
have someone like that in your life, you know, life takes a lot of unexpected twists. And like, I think you always have to be open to the fact that sometimes those people can be a real connection to your past and where you came from and can like, you, you can like, in, and it can inspire like a, a new depth of relationship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For um, sure. Like you don't have to just like, you don't have to just like immediately kick people out of your life ever unless they're abusive. But that wasn't our case. Anyway, this is a sidebar we don't need to get into. The point being, Jenny and I have known each other since high school. You guys went to college together at UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. The and have been friends since UCLA. then. Yes. And, and then, then Jenny wrote some books that were really funny and then sold her book, I Like You Just the Way I Am, into a series, but then it was like a web series. I was confused. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, they, it got sold to ABC Digital as a, as a web series when they were trying to be like... It was like early days before streaming was really like a, a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was before like... Paramount TV and Disney, all that stuff. And like, it was before Netflix. cable got reverse engineered. It was five years ago. Oh, it's not that long ago. Oh. I was playing your husband. They were funny. And she was playing basically like a version, a heightened version of herself. And she asked me to play her sister, Sam. And then she asked you to be Sam's husband. Who was based on a combination of different. I think people that either Sam dated or that Jenny did. I can't remember. So we did this show and we had, and it was like the kind of thing where we didn't, I didn't know at least like exactly where it was going to live or how it was going to be seen or whatever. And, and I was in a place of like a career, like a, a like a crossroads in my career. And I had shot Cougar Town was over. I had shot, vice principals. I was just like not really into acting anymore. Jenny asked me to do this thing. My agents and my manager at the time were like, why are you doing like a web series that you're not really even barely in? And I was like, cause I don't know. I just want to do things with people that I like. And I feel like she and I have had such a really wild journey as friends. And I just want to like show up for her in this way. So whatever, you're not taking commission on this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, and we had the best time. We were just hanging out. It was the most fun two weeks or some two weeks, maybe. Yeah, I have vivid memories of them saying, "Okay." And then this shot is of you um, eating busy out, eating me out. And I was like, "Okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this." <laughs> and so I had to put. But I was, was so was no, nervous. There was no prep. For you. And Either so one like, of us. I didn't know that that was what was happening. It wasn't in the script. And I had to be like, busy. Do I have your permission to invade your body space? Do I have, <laughs> do I have, do I have your permission to, because I'm very nervous. Do I have my, your permission to, and I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll I like, I'll, I'm going to close my eyes and hold my breath. So like, in case, you know, I don't, I don't know how lady things work. So, you know, so I was. Have you never had sex with a girl? No, I don't know. A lot of gay. <laughs> listen, I Tom, busy. No, Tom, Tom, a lot. Wait, listen. I will I'm a say golden, this. I, I, I gold, think they call it gold star gold gay. Star gay. Yeah, a gold star gay. I love it. I love that. I'm like I'm telling Tom the term is gold star gay. 
Well, I didn't even know there was a term, but I, but also I have a lot of gay friends who either sort of like felt like they couldn't come out or whatever. I don't know what your upbringing situation was. And a lot of times people are like, I couldn't come out. I had to have a girlfriend. I had to have sex with her. It was the worst. Oh yeah. My ex, my ex who he, he was um he went to medical school and was married to his wife who was also in medical school with him and then like they, they finally he was like mm, i'm gay i'm gay but oh gosh hard to be hard to be that lady um i don't know i think it's easier i actually think i think in a weird way like if your marriage breaks up and the, i don't know i don't know what i'm saying yeah it don't, might be you guys yeah. don't 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 at me i don't know um so anyway, yeah, I, I got to put my head up there. Didn't see anything. Didn't I? Don't have any memories of of what it was like in, in there. I just have the memory of do of of doing the, the thing. Well, it, it wasn't like you guys. It wasn't. This is literally for like an ABC web series. It wasn't like there was nothing. Like I was more intimate with Josh Jackson on. Um, yeah, Dawson's no, it was, it was just me like, putting my putting my head under your dress and under my dress and moving, like moving his head back and moving forth. my head around. Tom, when you just um, mimed like what you did, like you were like you mimed that you put your head under Busy's dress and then just moved your head around and it looked like you were um, eating corn on the cob. (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, that's what it's like. (laughs) Which one? Guys, guys, let's be real. (laughs) Is that how most straight men are approaching it as well? This is the deal. Most, I mean, I have not had a woman go down on me, but I have had men and they do sometimes, some of them do think it's just a corn, corn cob down there. Just a fucking, they just corn cob it up. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. She, Thus, they're okay, just so, waiting for like a little typewriter ding noise to go off when they get to the end. <laughs> Turns out the Bugs Bunny cartoon <laughs> when he's eating the corn on the cob is what taught many you know what I remember? men of you know my generation I, how to eat out a woman. You know what I do remember though? I do remember I was I was feel it was really hot that day. And oh I was yeah. Like, oh god. Oh, yeah. That was part of it. I was like, oh god, am I like sweaty and just like my vagina smell bad like do i have like not my vagina but like my crotch like yeah. your armpit smell you know yeah, like, no, that's so, what like, i said like, i was like i'm not gonna right. i'm not gonna I smell know. cuz it was real hot that day and we had been like working all day yeah and i was like i don't even have fucking fresh panties to throw on this bitch well, that's like, the thing. i figure if if we were going to do a makeout scene we'd both brush our teeth and have mints and things and that's exactly have, right there's no the pussy mints of that there's no pussy, yeah there's, there's no, no crotch brush Oh my God, if you two don't invent the pussy mint, can you imagine guys, like a Listerine strip? Guys, I'm, in, strip? I'm literally inventing a Listerine strip for your pussy right now as we speak. As we speak. And you know what it's made of? It's got, it's got CBD in it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because it here's the thing. you and freshens you. 
people are mm-hmm. always trying to sell things for inside your vagina. And as we know, it, the vagina is a self-cleaning oven. Self-cleaning and oven. We have like years of like, um, you know, conditioning to, to be made to feel bad about the way our vaginas smell. And like naturally our vaginas smell fine and they smell normal. But outside your vagina, like outside there, there's a lot of sweat glands that can, you know, they get to smell funky and and gym-like sometimes so yeah so you need maybe like a listerine strip for outside this is the moment that the pussy listerine strip was invented (laughs) i wanted to just (laughs) capture it on camera by the way by the way this might be going too far how sexual are we allowed to be on your show we're allowed to say whatever we'd like although some people i will say do write that they listen to it like with their kids in the car or the room. And I'm always like, okay, well, well I say I swear a lot and this is on you. So guys, yeah. so just fast wait, forward this through is... the pussy section. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to add to that, you know, tr- tr- gay sex trigger warning. I one time had, it was maybe the first time I experienced the equivalent of. Oh no. Of, you know, of of what what, what getting eaten out, but you're a gentleman and it's a gay thing. That's oh, submission. like yeah, you went to the salad bar. Tossing yeah, your tossing was, your salad. Someone was tossing right? my salad. Okay, okay. My peach. Why my did peach. they say that? Why is it tossing your salad? No, just makes me. I don't like that. Yeah, it's a good question. We need another. We need another. We need another euphemism. Like eating the peach. Like like. Oh go, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the peach pit. Call me like by go, your name. Go into the peach pit. Go to the visit. Go to visit Brenda at the peach pit. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, there That's you go. It. Talking the- to Nat at the peach pit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. We okay. have we have changed okay. we've changed sex in America in this episode. <laughs> Um, so okay, so I, someone was talking someone to was Nat at talk the Peach and, Pat. Yeah, talking to Nat. Peach Pat. And Peach Pat. With, without my knowing, I <laughs> all of a sudden it. I felt a rush of like no, whoo, of like um like a like a like a very cool sensation, minty <laughs> freshness. <laughs> And it felt great. And I looked over I'm to snoring. the bedside table and no, there no. was an open packet no. of Listerine mint strips. <laughs> so he had put the mint strip on the peach and then went to talk to Nat with the, the mint strip. <laughs> and I I didn't I, I didn't know what was happening, it, oh but it God. was wonderful. I don't know if that's Is that, a good thing a to thing. be Right, and I I didn't know what, like what you know how like there's I don't terms, want, like I, the I dirty Sanchez to... like sure, the sure. rusty sure, trombone sure. like I was trying to come up with like what's the name of that thing I experienced like the peppermint patty or the, yeah that's perfect that's it um, that's it the peppermint patty I don't know um anyway so that's why did I just share that well, you can because we're because I make it this I'm, part out no 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 because, we're going to we're going to keep it in but like because we're because we're inventing new things right now. Mm, yes. We're talking about how you you deserve commission on my entire career. You know, so yeah, anyway, yeah, so, yeah. okay, so, 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 uh, I was in a place, if you read my book, if you haven't read my book, feel free to get my book. 
Grab it. Um, grab it. I'm, you guys, I am like under 10,000 copies away from breaking even on my advance. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Which apparently. Earn uh, out. Yes. And then I would start getting royalties. And if you don't know anything about the book world, let me tell you something. I don't think it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'll be making, I don't think I'm going to be making a ton of money on this. It's It's no, you know, it's it's no untamed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, I didn't write Michelle Obama's book is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's nice. It's a nice feeling to earn out on a book. It doesn't happen a lot. It, 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 that's right. And I, my book agent was like, this is, this is great. And I said, okay, well, we're not there yet, but this is why I'm saying to you, listener at home, maybe you want to get my book now. So maybe 10,000 of you want to get it. Maybe uh, do we have 10,000 listeners? I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Okay. Um, buy it for your friends. Anyway, It feels so already, it feels so dated, my book. Do you know what I mean? Like, it already feels like that was like a million million fucking years ago. But to all your book fans who are like, I love your book, it's my favorite. And then you're like, what's your favorite part? And they're like, I don't know. I never read it. Yeah. Well, that's that's also (laughs) also probably accurate. Um, So anyway, I was at like a real crossroads in my career at this moment. The Jenny Mullen web series, meeting Tom, having him pretend to eat a corn on the cob on my, <laughs> under my dress moment. And, and I just kind of like, was like, I just was so, I like didn't care anymore about acting. And I was so sad about it. And like, like I, I like wanted to, but at the same time, like it just was just so hard for me. And, and I didn't want to leave Los Angeles, my kids really needed me here. I couldn't take another job out of the city. And at that time, five years ago, everything that I was like being offered was like in Vancouver or Atlanta or Toronto or, you know, like somewhere. And so I kept like turning things down. Even things that I just like wanted to audition for were in different places. I just like couldn't wrap my head around leaving these two little kids to go work, even if I would be coming home on weekends or whatever. I just couldn't anyway. So he was fucking around with like Snapchat because Kelly Oxford had like got gotten me into it. She's like, the filters are fun and the filters were fun, but I also felt super old doing snap. So Snapchat seemed so weird and I was like, isn't this just for dick pics? And I was like trying to, do, and I was like, try, and I was also like trying to do it. And then like, but then like, and posting on Instagram and I, and I was like, this is too much for me. I'm old. I, I can't do this. So we're in a car filming a scene for the web series. And Tom and I were just like laughing the whole fucking day. And he was like, Hey, Instagram launched this thing. Like, yesterday it's called instagram stories are you gonna do them i was like yeah i saw that no i'm not gonna fucking do it i can't even do like snapchat and i can't i can't do any of this like i'm barely holding my life together (laughs) and tom goes yeah but like you already have all these followers on instagram just do 
Instagram stories, like fuck Snapchat, just like delete that and just like focus on Instagram stories. It's like basically the same thing, I think. And I was like, well, it's not, it doesn't have the thing with the filters, whatever. And he was like, I don't know, whatever. If I were you, I would just do Instagram stories. So we did that day in the car. Do you remember? We did like my first Instagram stories and we, and I posted them. And then that was like August of 2016, right? Yeah, yeah. And I started doing them in the car with you that day because, and you were like, just so like, you should just do this. You should do this. You have so many followers. And like, I literally, I mean, so many followers. I had like 50,000 followers or something on Instagram, but it felt like, a, you know, it felt like a lot. And um, it is a lot. And, uh, and so that's how, that's the origin of me starting to do Instagram stories is Tom being like, just like, don't do Snapchat, just do Instagram stories. It just launched. It's brand new. And you knew you had like a vision, Tom, for me. I'm a little bit psychic, I I will say. Yes. Um, Yeah. Of course you are. You are a witch. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a a witch of mediocre powers. (laughs) You know, it basically like changed my entire life. Tom, it changed is that my how, Is that how life. the show came about? Because you were basically hosting yes. your own show on your story. Yes. Yes. And like I ha- there was a New York Times article that my now friend Marissa Meltzer, shout out to Marissa, wrote. Um, she has a really interesting new article too, by the way, guys, about like the connection between QAnon and like the spiritual um, and like yoga world. Oh, and, like, interesting. And like health, health world and stuff. Okay. Wellness. Um, Marissa, wellness. Thank you. Marissa Meltzer interviewed me for the New Yorker. Like, like she was like, you're, you are the person, like every new platform that emerges has like the person that sort of like sets what it is and like what it should be used for. And like, you did that for Instagram stories, which was was, all Tom Link's idea. And it was all Tommy. Does that mean it? Did you two know each other before that then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. We I was did. gonna see if I could take credit for your friendship as well. But I won't. <laughs> no, I no, won't. no, no. I Actually, won't. Paul F. Tompkins can take credit for our friendship. Well, I forget that's we, we knew each other through through thrilling adventure. Oh my gosh, my dog's crazy. <laughs> so sorry. Uh that's okay. we wow. we'd done that show together. Wow. Sorry. Wow, Tom. Very unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we met before Jenny. But I didn't get to know you as it was like we it's like we re met on Jenny's thing, but we I just remember I just remember being backstage and we were all had the same colorectal doctor <laughs> at in the dressing room uh, at Thrilling Adventure at Largo. Yeah, was, Thrilling Adventure Hour. Guys, if you don't know this, I've talked about it a lot. Everybody in Los Angeles uh, has stomach problems. And, um, everyone's got like IBS or everyone's like gluten intolerant. I don't know what it is. This place poisons your gut. It's like, we're so fucking healthy here. And yet everyone's like, you're shitting all the time or can't shit. There you go. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh yeah. Also the allergy. Can we talk about the allergy? I don't know what, I just had a road trip. Up to San Francisco this past week, my f- just sort of first tiptoeing into, I mean, I was by myself the whole time, but yeah. I, 
my allergies went, went away as soon as I like passed Santa Barbara. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm what? having cr- crazy New York allergies, which I didn't know was a fucking thing. I and mean, I was like, well, I really thought that I fucking had escaped at least one thing. But yeah. No, it's terrible. Tom, you have a viral video right now that's like almost crossing a million views or it probably has already. Am I dying or is it dying? Am I dying or is it allergies? (gasps) Which I've been singing to myself because I have terrible allergies. The other day, my husband counted and I sneezed over 80 times. Okay, that's insane. 80 we need times. To, we need to get this checked out. It's wild. Like, I couldn't even stop sneezing long enough to take a pill or to, like, s- s- squirt the stuff up my nose. And then I also have, like, I've been trying to go out for little power walks in the neighborhood, and I just have, like, the kind of allergies where it just feels like stinging barbs in your skin. Do you have that? <laughs> so. <laughs> my, mine's an itchy. No. I'm just walking around the house like this. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to itch the inside of my throat. It's yes. torture. Yes. In the top, the roof of my mouth really itches too, which you look like kind of yeah. nuts trying to itch the roof of your mouth. Like what? It's this. It's the tongue. You're like. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great. I love that you called it viral. It's like, to me, I'm like, uh, oh, it's just, uh, I'm barely hanging on on the internet and, and trying to stay relevant. A million and people all, watched it. I know. But, what, hanging but, on. but come on, Instagram. Why, why, why can't I monetize that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you're up there with Lil Nas X. Well, guys, wait, by the way, I can't believe we skipped over when we were talking about Listerine strips in your butt. We didn't talk about (laughs) Lil Nas X's video for Montero that like I was watching something that Jeremy O'Harris posted from Fox News of these people like going off about it. It is wild people are like <laughs> really shook by I mean, him giving conservative people, a lap dance it's like but why okay the best way to not be offended is like don't, don't watch it if it's not your jam I, it's the same way like straight bros in high school like why why do straight people have such good gaydar even before you're out of the closet and they're just like they know they have to pick on you because there's something, and it's like the same thing with these these straight Republican people. Just like I know I have to hate that, and I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just so into. Like, why are you so in tune to pop culture that you even know about this person? You know, like why why are you why do you even know about it? It's because you're probably closeted. There we go. I don't know. I mean, I'm such a fan of Lil Nas X. Uh, Lil Nas X also. One of Cricket's favorites. There you go. There Cricket you go. Cricket loves, loves some Lil Nas X. I guess I'm like those people who say, they're like, love your show. Love it. Can't name an episode. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, I didn't watch the whole, I didn't watch the whole video. I just, I would just you watch the clip. I just watched the clips of, of him sliding down the pole that everyone was posting. The song but. is such a banger. Also, as someone who has recently taken to the pole, <laughs> I. Wait, what? Wait, Tom, what? there was like a bit written in to Girls 5 Eva. I decided I didn't want a stunt double. I wanted to like J-Lo it and do it myself. I trained. I trained for a week. I fell in love with the pole. 
I feel the same way about my, I was telling CSO, can I call you CSO? Yes, you totally can. <laughs> Does call anyone me that. call you that? I was yes. telling CSO um, that I uh, had an audition for a, a man who tosses pizza in Topher Grace's new show. Um, and he has a new show. I guess. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> you're probably friends with him. It's fine. He was on your I show. Mean, I, I remember I was there for that. Fair enough. Okay. But uh, but I, they're like, can you toss pizza? And I'm like, I once lied and said I knew how to ski in order to book a commercial when I was working <laughs> in Germany doing Grease Das Musical. And I fully went and took skiing lessons on the highest mountain in Germany, the Zugspitze, from a, a silver medalist German skier. Learn how to ski in one day. Obviously, I can learn how to toss a pizza for an audition. And so I bought some dough and I learned how to toss a pizza. I did not book it. I didn't get it, but it. I fell in love with making pizza and I made several deep dish pizzas out of that dough. So, you know, new hobbies can come from a panic research for a new thing yeah. or just a new hobby. Have you? And yeah. I've continued my training a bit. I did crack some ribs on the pole. No. We're okay, not going to lie. Yeah. That's now I've gone too far. That's when you Now stop. I've gone too far. Yeah. But I'm writing a movie uh, that I'm tentatively just calling the 40-year-old pole dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and ah! and uh, and now I like – I have all – like there are so many people that I have – that I'm like literally just like writing parts for. One of them is Nicole Byer because – Oh, she's um, got a love for the pole. She's got a love for the pole. She's got a pole in her backyard. She posts her – Pole progress. I love that. Um, Look, I'm willing as, as as we've established. I'm willing to learn, and I can. I'm a good. I'm a f- quick learner. So if you need one sad middle aged uh, <laughs> male pole dancer, I'm here. I think that that's amazing, and I love this idea and this pitch. And I'm gonna like see if I can work it into the script. Also, though, I'm like hopeful that Little Nas X will consider a role in my film. Oh, okay. Well, there, there you go. You know there what I mean? You go. Now that, now that he, now also that he, he, he pole danced for Satan. Has what is what, what's the thing? I read the thing that said that Nike's upset that the shoes contain a drop of blood, but then it said that the shoes are a collaboration between Lil Nas X and something else that wasn't Nike. So yeah, it's Nike? like they they took Nike shoes and they like customized like another company customized Nike shoes. So they're oh. not by Nike. So Nike's like this has nothing to do with us. But you know, they're oh. so they're so smart because like they only made 666 pair or something, you oh, know. That's smart. That's and brilliant. And so the you know, it's just like and like to truth be told, it's good for Nike, it's good for Lil Nas X, it's good for this company. It's a low money investment for everyone and everyone's like tearing their hair out freaking out and just Lil Nas X is you know he's, he's so smart. smart he's, he's smart so smart entertainer he, he's like oh i'm gonna just specifically troll all of um all of this conservative horrible awful people yeah he made the apology video that like linked to the music video you know but, like, what's so wild to me is that these fucking people don't get that they're just being trolled. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird. It's so weird, especially for, like, 
a bunch of people who are really good at trolling. Yeah. To not recognize it. Sometimes the things that are hardest to see are the things that you most deeply relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and then it's interesting to, to, you know, I just saw it and I was like, what a badass video. And it's so great. And the song's so catchy. And then you read like the, the note that he wrote to himself. Uh, it's amazing. You know, Did you Mont- read that? Tom? Yeah. Montero's his, his given name. And, you know, oh. he, he wrote a little note saying like, I, you know, we never thought that we'd come out, but this is like, you know, call me by your name is the, you know, is, named in the song and so this might help other queer kids come out you know it's it's really touching and then you read like people are doing like a real scholarly analysis of like this is a kid that was brought up like being told he was gonna go to hell because he was gay and so like he you know put on some platform heels and rode a stripper pole down to hell and literally gave the devil a lap dance, then killed him and took all his power away, you know? So I'm like, wow, that's a lot deeper than I analyzed it, but wow. Wow. Good for him. It is a queer studies thesis. I'm going to grad school and I'm just going (laughs) to base it on this. Also, uh, just think, I'm so glad there is now a call me by your name starring an actual queer person. Yes. Wait, I just wait, appreciate yeah. it, the movie. I wait, just I just talked, wait, I was talking to a friend last night and I was like, did you ever end up seeing that movie? Because I like love, you know, I loved it so much when it came out. And she was like, no. And I was like, you know what? You can't watch it now. It's like going to be ruined because yeah. Army Hammer. Oh, yeah, like you're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to watch it now. Oh, I took a hard stance. I took a hard stance. You didn't like it. it. No, I didn't watch it. I was like, no. No, not not until there. You know what? If you can't yeah. make your movie with an actual queer person because they're not famous enough, then make a smaller movie. Make it right. I, like I just can't. But this is the this is the catch twenty two of Hollywood, which is like you can't get the parts until you're famous enough, but you can't get famous enough unless you can get the parts. Parts, right? And so and so that has always been why you know, we have to have more representation all across the board. Like if you were to do a film that's two gay men at the center of the film, you have to have a sizable part for Jennifer Garner. Do you know what I mean? To like get the thing made. Right, right. This is all I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I'm serious. This is a big Hollywood break right here. Like this is a total Hollywood break. Like I 100% am with you and like want to obviously give the, you know, LGBTQIA and like trans actors and performers, like they should be the ones getting these parts that, you know, playing these roles. However, the financiers are going to be like, yeah. And how am I going to guarantee that I'm getting my money back? Like who's a leading man who's out and gay, who's big enough to carry that army hammer role in call me by your name, which is an injustice because I believe that army hammer shouldn't have been that big because I believe army hammer was crammed down our throats. Yeah. Like who's over at the big agency deciding like "Mm, this unknown person is going to be the lead of this movie. Well, that's the thing. It's like these, these, the whole industry is sort of like, run in just it's like a weird classism 
Yeah. Thing. And I racist. keep thinking about that, like, oh, I was really sold a, a bill of goods that said, like, if you keep doing good work and audition, you can make it and book a lead part. And the reality uh, is, no. no, you if you're not at the top five places, you're not, you'll, you'll be at this, this level. And how do you- You're never even going to be considered. Right. It's, and it's like, as I send my um, auditions into the black hole abyss during quarantine, I'm like, there's an offer out on all of these parts. So what, right. why am I bothered? But an artist just keeps going. But I know I was going to say, like, there are no there are no gay actors famous enough in the age range of Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci because uh, we they didn't Rupert never Everett. Chance. Rupert Everett. Rupert yeah, Everett, like and, um, Zach Quino could have been, played the part in uh, "Call Me by Your Name." Call Me by Your Name could have yeah. been Zach. Zach would have um, been great, actually. But we just haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Also, um, who who are those movies being made for? Gay men are not watching the new Stanley Tucci Colin Firth situation. We're not watching that. That's being made for for um, like straight women. Yeah, watch. yeah, yeah. And with or you watch the Kate of- Winslet, Saoirse Ronan one. But Kate Winslet's my generation, and here's what I maintain. Okay. That if I, if queer had been more in the zeitgeist, I would have identified as queer as a teenager and a young adult and a person. I would have probably come out like, like I'm a queer person. Does that I make sense? About, yeah, I think about that a lot. But then would you now, would you come out as queer now? Well, what's the, I mean, not to be, but like, you know, I'm 41. Well, like, as chips, a, like, whatever, you know, just does, as a, like just, literally who cares? The as a queer that. person, as a queer person, and I even have a hard t- time saying that word because it was, yeah. you know, such a, do uh, you, but do you consider queer or gay? Like, do you consider I, yourself I queer would call or gay? Gay because. And, and queer or just. Well, I feel like the queer community is sort of now a larger term for LGBTQ, right? So I can say I'm a member sure. of the queer community. Am I queer? Yeah. I mean, I prop. Yes, I guess because what was I doing? Wearing women women's dresses and putting on makeup, making them out mm-hmm. of trash. Like that's that mm-hmm. I would say is queer and drag adjacent. How much of it has to do with the physical sex that you're having, and how much of being queer has more to do with the way you think and approach? Life. I'm just thinking out loud, so please yeah. don't. I love it. I love it. I love a think out loud. Um, but this is even like the non-binary thing that we've had because you know Birdie is non-binary, they them pronouns, and um, and I even I mean I've just learned a lot in the last. Several I will say months. I think I think my hat is off for you for saying. At another time, I maybe, I maybe would have identified it as this, but right now I'm not going to because sometimes it seems like people are come out as I'm queer, and you're like, no, but it seems like you're living your life as just a basically hetero heteronormative, yeah, heteronormative. But, like, but also, and, and you're trying but to that like, is the trying to yeah. tap into our club, and it's like you're, right. you're trying to tap in without all of the hardship that comes with it, and so right. I think you're like, yeah, I'm I'm married to a man. Uh, I live this type of lifestyle and it's it seems very heteronormative, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, but you're a theater person, so you're you're queer. And and I would say that when I was and when I was like a teenager and a young adult, I certainly was open to dating 
people just based on who they were, not necessarily their sex. Their sex, not their gender. Did I talk about this last week on the podcast? Birdie corrected the sex ed. Yeah, yeah. This kid. In sex ed, Birdie's in sixth grade. In sex ed, they were saying gender for male and female instead of sex. And Bernie oh. was like, hey, actually. Also, oh my God, can you imagine, like, sex ed? I remember sixth grade. Sometimes I think back to, like, what did uh, what did uncircumcised boys in my sixth grade class go- think when they saw that book and uh, the, the penis looked not like theirs? Did they think, like, and that's, and they, they were, we were not taught that there was anything other than that. So. Right. I can't even imagine, like, it's. Do they cover? Okay, I, here's what I want to know. Do they cover non-heterosexual sex, or is it no? We we just have to cover the stuff that makes babies because we're we're just showing how human life is. Well, created. no, they do. They, they yeah, they do, and they um, yeah, and they cover consent. There's like a lot about consent. Um, I watched one of the consent cartoons with Birdie, but like in certain states. It's you're I'm assuming that it's still like sex ed is still frozen in time. Oh, for sure. And I actually think I I think that some places still don't like don't even do it. I don't I was know. gonna say if they even have it. Yeah, I if they know. even have it. it it's like, more like in health. health. Yeah, in health they might just like go through, like you said, like reproductive systems. And like, like I think it's more that, that. like health and hygiene and just how to avoid creating life. <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> great life. Oh my god! I know it's fascinating. I mean, it is super fascinating. Yeah, but that's also I do think part of the reason why I'm like in my high school years and whatever I could have seen myself as like being identifying as that. Now, no, you're right. I'm like I live a heteronormative life. Plus, I have a kid who's non-binary and gay, and I'm not like gonna hone in on their shit. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Let them be their own fucking person. And like, I can just be the mom. Yeah. This podcast goes deep. It's deep. We were just Uh, talking about eating corn cobs and. Oh, oh my God. You guys, I have a terrible thing to tell you. What? Did you stop recording? This recorder is dead. Oh my God. I don't know when. I don't know how. Shit. Well, I'm really sorry about that, Casey. I'll send you whatever the fuck I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. This is a real fucking travesty here. That's okay. Do you want? Do you want to record a voice memo on your phone? Yeah, I'll just do that. Okay. I lost my um, GarageBand recording when my computer crashed. Oh no! Yeah, we're just having things out of just having of- drums, drama llama, ding dong. All right. Well. I'm deeply, deeply sorry about this turn of events, but... It's not your fault. Well, it's not not my fault. I we mean, don't know. I don't know whose fault it is, listen. but the recorder is dead. We should get to what we're doing our best at this week. What are we doing our best so at much this week? fun talking to Tom Link about... I love Tom. I love you so much. You are just one of my favorite people. How's... Tell us about your podcast. Let's plug your pod. Oh, it's called yeah. Undressing Bridgerton with Felicia Day and Tom Link. And it's just us talking about Bridgerton. And we're mm-hmm. about to finish the eighth and final episode, but we're going to keep, we're going to read the book. And we have some special guests that we're going to talk to that I'm very about. And, um, and then we're going to do maybe, maybe we're going to undress 
other shows while we wait for uh, Bridgerton season two. Have you watched Bridgerton? Uh, yes, love Bridgerton. Oh, I watched that guy is so hot. Just the horniest show on television. It is so. It's and the crazy. Some of it is so off the wall. Just I don't want to spoil things, but I just what I love what the what the plot becomes, which is so yeah. I only watched part of the first episode and that because I wanted to watch a show with Birdie. I wanted to like have a show to watch with Bird. How old is Birdie? Birdie is 12 Okay, years I feel old. like that might be too young it was, for the it was a lot that are happening. It was in- a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And almost immediately, Birdie was like, absolutely not. I'm not, not doing this. Okay. And I said, you're so smart. I adore you. Let's shut this off and let's watch House Hunters. Oh, okay. That <laughs> was a solid choice. So we did that, but then I wanted to return to it and then I never did. It's really just fun. It's real. This pandemic is a time to watch really stupid, frothy things of no consequence, but I liked it. I just thought it was like, it, I know Bridgerton was like before Gossip Girl, like the books were written before Gossip Girl. Oh, right? they were. I didn't know that. I think Wait. so. I think so. That's good to know. Cause I did think that device, I was like, we've seen this guys. We know it's yeah. Gossip Girl. So Spoiler, um, it's Dan. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it Dan? Was yes. It? Yeah, it was. Dan was Gossip Girl. Um, oh, spoiler. I, I didn't know that. I never watched. Oh, mm. um, yeah. So, uh, so yes, it's it, Bridgerton has like a Gossip Girl type vibe, and people were pointing that out. But I believe the Bridgerton book was written before oh, Gossip Girl. Okay. Listen, so all this information is Googleable. Yes. Okay. It's true. So podcast. I think you're doing your best at that. But what else are you doing your best at? I don't week? know. I, I was thinking about this before we started recording and I couldn't. I'm doing my best at remaining artistic and creative. As I said before, I got, obviously I got bored making the garbage dresses and I've been channeling my creative energy in, in other ways, just making silly song videos and the allergy thing. Anyway, I think I'm, I'm doing my best at... Uh, Staying creative and and keeping people laughing during this long and arduous mm-hmm. time known as quarantine. And now as we're sort of emerging, um, yeah, I guess that's what I've been doing okay at. Mm-hmm. You're really good. Can I just say something? And not this is no shade to anyone. Funny songs I'm really picky about. Um like there, can I be honest? Because there are so many bad ones. There's so many bad ones, and it's like no shade to anyone. Like I appreciate the effort that anyone makes, like putting a funny song out there, and especially when you like put some production into it, making a video, whatever. And I appreciate all those things. Like I have a little history writing funny songs myself. I was a writer at the Rosie O'Donnell Show yes. for all of, all of the seasons, so I know a little bit about writing a mm-hmm. funny song. And like there are just uh, certain things that make certain songs funnier than others. And Tom Link, you're very good at writing a genuinely funny yeah. song. Well, thank you. I agree. I, and here's what I will say, though, is that uh, what I discovered was that because I just the I just was pressing the drum machine on GarageBand and then just hitting record and just 
freestyling it. And no <laughs> thought is really going into it. And so then I add the other voices and music and background after I've just recorded a thing of me singing at the camera. And I think, I'm, I guess maybe that comes through is that I'm not trying so hard because pe- I think it's when people are trying hard and like really yes. trying to make a brilliant rhyme and it's like, no, keep it low stakes. And uh, I've yeah. discovered the ones where I have put more effort into it are less funny. So, Can I tell you something? But this is like knowing your medium is also, this is like where that comes into play. Because like, I think that something, like if you're writing a song on SNL, it needs to be fucking polished. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, 100%. And like needs to be perfect. If you're writing, if you're doing like a funny song that you're just like putting together to keep us laughing and during the COVID times. So I just, I've learned that like what my medium is, like you're saying for whatever reason, I can just make a stupid song. And some of them were actually cameos <laughs> that I re- I decided I would try to do musical cameo, you know, those video shout outs. And some of them were just ones that I was doing for specific people and then these tangents came out of it. And I was like, hey, here's your cameo, but also can I post part of it to the, <laughs> to the internet? So I don't know. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, what if, they're really funny. Um, I just talked a lot. What, uh, Casey, what are you doing your best at this week? I'm really not, I'm not doing the best this week. I just feel like I gave up. I'm in a pajama top <laughs> doing, I'm doing this podcast in a pajama top because I don't have any tops clean because I just, I won't do the laundry. I won't do it. I won't do the laundry. I won't do the dishes. The dishes. I can't, can't do the dishes. I can't change the toilet paper one more time. <laughs> I'm using like one square of toilet paper. Like when I worked in the nursing home, um, because uh, Tom, I worked in a nursing home uh, to put myself through college. Um, the people would always, the people in the nursing home would always just try to use one square of toilet paper because they lived through the Great Depression. And I would be like, we have abundant toilet paper. You can use all the toilet paper in the world. Please use more than one square. But now I'm using only one square of toilet paper because I don't want to reach the end of the roll because I just don't want to change the toilet paper roll because it's been so many rolls. I, it's been so many rolls. Why I'm I'm alone here, and why will I not put a roll onto the roll thingy? Like I just I it's I've got an empty cardboard core, and then I keep putting the thing on top of it and not putting it on. <laughs> and I'm like pulling off one little shred of toilet paper and just like, can I wipe myself with this shred and not change the roll? Oh god, that last I don't last know. shred that stuck to the cardboard. <laughs> And I I'm love just that. Like, I love I? that piece. That's, that's like, my favorite piece. <laughs> that's like the, that is my favorite piece. I'm not even kidding. Do you also can do I you wipe myself the with the, this? Do you eat the bread nubbin at the end of the loaf as well? I love yeah, a bread yeah. nubbin. Oh, I hate a bread nubbin. I but, love it. I just, I just can't. And I'm just like, why, I can't change the role one more time. I just, I'm like begging, like, can we just get, I know it's not good for the environment, but can we just have like paper plates this week just so we yeah. can not do the dishes this week? Guys, and I was saying that. I'm going to say this, get a fucking bidet. Oh, y'all get a and tushy. Then, well, and then <laughs> they used to advertise on our podcast. Um, it's true. It's true. But also get but also, one that shoots the warm, the nice warm water. I've tried one of those out. I installed my friend Zach Plotnick's bidet and because um, he was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, I'll do it. And the warm water is so lovely. It's so lovely. Can, really I, t- can I tell you something? Do you want to know? Like moving to New York has been hard for a lot of reasons, Tom. 
but this is not a joke. One of the biggest ones is that my fancy Japanese toilet that was a gift to me from yeah. Mark many years ago for Christmas remained in our home in yeah. Los Angeles. And now new people are utilizing it. Washing and, their asses. And vaginas. Wash and it all. Oh, it washes everything? Yeah. Front or yeah. back. Also, and let me tell you something. You don't know about this, but when you get your period, you know what's real fucking nice? Some warm water on your some cooch. Some warm water up oh there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the heat, it had a heated seat, right? A heated seat. A heated seat. Warm water. A dryer. A dryer. Yeah. And, and this like is, a, a smell diffuser. Speaking of the Listerine. Better, better, literally, better for the environment than anything else. We should all be using bidets. I, then you really can just use one square because you're like clean and you just like pat dry. You're good to go. Can I tell you something oh, busy, not to make you feel bad, but when we redid the bathroom, we bought a toilet like that. We used our credit card points and we bought the fancy toilet like that. But between you and me, that toilet is kind of a fucking try hard because it also just opens up for you when you walk by it and it pre sprays itself. <gasps> To like, so that it's always so clean and like ready to go for you. And like, there's sometimes I just walk by the toilet and I'm not gonna go. And I'm like, calm down, toilet. Do you f- like, I'm. Do you feel bad? I'm just. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm, not I'm ready. like, I'm just. Wa- I'm not ready. I'm just walking by. I'm just like putting a towel on the shower door. Like, wait, settle down. And the toilet's like, you- feed me, Seymour. Yeah. Wait. The- <laughs> you know my. Wait. You know my adorable nephew. Baby Bob. Yes. Uh, my sister's kid, Bob, is yes. so cute. Bob is terrified of the <laughs> toilet because my toilet did that too. And he would come, when he would come to our old house in LA, he would be like, Oh, oh, Aunt Busy, the Hello Potty on? Is the Hello Potty on? And he called it the Hello Potty. And he <laughs> would like not go into our bathroom for fear of the Hello Potty opening. And yeah. I don't know what, like, eating him? Like, I think he no, that's like a, a real fucking fear. monster. That is a real fear. Well, yes. I'm, I'm avoiding my bathroom, too, because I'm like, you know, that's another reason I won't go in there and change the toilet paper because I that think, fucking toilet's going to open up and be like, I'm ready for you. you know that, I think that there must be a way to deprogram that, babe. The, um, by the way, the, I read an article about the reasons why we don't have bidets and I'm probably getting it wrong, but it had something Big toilet to, paper with toilet paper, but it was after world war two <laughs> soldiers came home and they, uh, there was a company that was then at that time trying to promote new toilet sales and bidets as, as a way of life. Um, because it was so common in Europe, but because the soldiers associated bidets with the, um, the lady prostitutes that they were having sex with and they didn't fully understand what they were for, that bidets that got a bad name because of the, um, you know, because things weren't sex positive back then because these dumb straight men couldn't, didn't know what, what it was all about. And that's why we don't have bidets. I'm probably paraphrasing and do, saying it wrong, but it's something, it's something like that. Ruin everything. What are you doing your best at this week, Biz? Well, clearly not electronics. I'm so sorry. I didn't apologize. <laughs> Don't worry about it. What are I mean, this is a, a free podcast for everyone's entertainment. That's right. It is a free podcast today. Um, what am I doing my best at? I am doing my best at like 
I'm still doing a really, I think I really am still doing a good job at parenting. You know how I've been like working on that? Yeah. And I feel like I'm still doing that. I'm still doing a good job at that. And, and I feel like I'm doing a good job at figuring things out. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah. It seems okay. like more to come, maybe, or maybe not. We'll see. It seems like maybe, um, Maybe you're keeping some things close to the vest, which is something that we talk a little bit about with our guest today, Tess Holliday. Correct. Correct. About keeping some things private, keeping some things to yourself until you're ready or maybe forever, if that's how you feel. I read once, you shouldn't write about something unless you've processed it. I do think that that's kind of like, that's, it's a good, uh, it's kind of like a good thing for social media. Like, I think people should try to process their shit before they share it. And we talk about that with Tess Holiday. I love Tess Holiday. She's a trailblazer. She's a fucking badass. She's had a wild few years. And I look forward to uh, seeing what is next in store for her. But in the meantime, listen to this adorable interview we did with her. Tess, hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I haven't good. seen you in so long. I actually do weirdly feel like I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about your mom earlier. It's just literally one of my, I was thinking about how much I miss going to events. And then I remembered the event that I really, like I was not going to go to the after party. And if I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen your mom hanging under a tree and talk to her. And then she's like, oh, that's my daughter. And it was you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also like you were just such a you've been such a source of inspiration to my sister we are just like all my whole family is before we were friends we were fans <laughs> well you know Tess when you were a guest on busy tonight you made me cry and cry because <laughs> when you were sitting on the sofa talking to busy you were talking about how it was hard for you to get booked as a guest on other late night shows. And I've been working in late night my whole career. And I love late night television. But yeah. one of the things that I've always felt is that late night isn't really made for me. And yeah. one of the things that I loved about Busy Tonight is that we were making a show for us. And finally, we could have the people that we wanted to have on. And I felt like that was you, like you're a guest for me. And so yeah. it made me so happy to see you there. And so I hey. cried my eyes out. <laughs> it's, I mean, Busy's show is still the only late night show I've ever done. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, that, maybe that's how I want to keep it. I don't know. It was a good day. It yeah. was but a good even, day. Even on like when you have like these covers of magazines that are, you know, like huge deals, like you see other models on shows, right? Yes. And like, yeah, I think it's, do you know what it is busy for me personally? I think it's because I am, uh, an advocate and I am very vocal. So I think, I think I just kind of scare people away with like the people look at me and they see like that I'm fat and the tattoos and that I'm outspoken. But it's funny because you can look at all of my interviews and even my podcast now, like <laughs> that doesn't equal unhinged. That just means like, 
that just means I give a shit about people and I'm hot with my tattoos. I don't see the problem, but yeah. I mean, I obviously (laughs) don't see the problem either, but I do think that like there is a bit of catching up still that like we're waiting for mainstream media to do, but thank God we have things like podcasts and, um, you know, social media presences Mm -hmm. that, uh, we can like turn directly to fans. And I was actually listening today to slumber party with Tess Mm -hmm. holiday, which is your new pod. And, uh, I listened to the Ricky Lake episode, which huge fan of Ricky Lake. Yeah. I feel like the three of us are all really weirdly similar in so many ways. (laughs) You are. You literally have your dress on is exactly what Ricky wears and I wear. And (laughs) it's a similar aesthetic, but also like you guys are both just genuinely nice people that give a shit. Like my my friends always want to know, like, who's your friend that's a celebrity that's like, you know, they'll always want to know the tea. And everyone always asks about you and Ricky. And I always I'm always like. I'm like, busy is the nicest person in there. And then, you know, it's, it's funny. Everyone's like, I can tell that she is. I know she is. And I'm like, what you see is what you get. But that's how all of my friends are. Like, you know, I, nobody has time for friends that aren't <laughs> nice <laughs> in 2021. I mean, no, for sure. Not now, but for me, kind of not ever. Although I don't know. I, I've we all go through nice our friends. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We all go through our phases, right? <laughs> okay, we love to talk about pivots. And you are a person that I love how everything in your life has like really, I mean, hinged on a lot of different <laughs> sort of pivots, right? Yeah. So like, first of all, let's talk about initial pivots, like how you came to be in the public eye to begin with and such a trailblazer in the industry. Um, You went to an agency when you were pretty young to seek representation as a plus size model. And what, and what were you told? Basically LOL. (laughs) And they just, they just said it will never happen. And the most that you can hope for is to be, is to do print modeling. And I didn't know what that meant, but it essentially means catalogs. Like, you know, so I, you know, I took that, but I also thought, no, that's not what's going to happen. And I'm so, I, I joke about being delusional that, that the delusion has carried me this far, but truly I had maybe it. I could really say that it was my calling and I felt like I was meant to do something bigger. But honestly, I just think that it was pure delusion that carried me as far as it did. <laughs> but like, I, so, but I do have a delusion question. Delusion or belief in yourself? Belief what in yourself. Both, but, maybe. I don't know. but I had no reason to believe in myself. I was like five foot three, no style, no fashion sense, but also because you know, as busy understands with her sister being plus size and like her and her, me and her sister have talked about this plus size women couldn't create our own identity until a few years ago because of the access to fashion. Like Tess, I am like not plus sized. Yes. And yeah. I would say that in the early days of my career, I was consistently shamed and told that like, n- there was nothing for me to mm. wear to events. Like, and I was like, I'm a size eight. You know what I mean? Like in the the 19, in the 1990s, even like as a teenager over like size 12, you couldn't get like what, like 
gunny sacks mm-hmm. or yeah. even like Betsy Johnson, what everybody was wearing. Like it just, if you needed like an XL, you probably were out of luck, you know? For sure. Like, yeah. yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. And it's, and it seems it is like so heartening to me, the change that's happened in the last few years, certainly like five, maybe a little bit longer in terms of designers and fashion brands realizing like, oh, what we're doing is not only out of touch, it's actually discriminatory and fucking weird. And we need to like change our business. You know, some people like Christian Siriano, I think of in terms of like a person who always was like, yeah, of course I'm making size inclusive clothing for everyone. Whoever wants to wear my clothes can wear my clothes no matter what their size or shape or whatever. Um, But like, when did you first start to see the change? I mean, definitely within the last five years, especially the last two or three years, I went from not having much access to, you know, mainstream designers carrying plus size. Like you said, Christian, you know, has consistently been one, actually the only designer until a few years ago that was high end that was catering to to plus size women but now you know i i have much more access to it i you know i'm literally <laughs> i'm going through and purging my closets as we speak today but you know there's still so much work that needs to be done i still you know i still couldn't call most folks up and get something custom And I think that's just because I'm not like famous enough, but it is. You will be after today, Tess. I will. I will. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) look at Busy's face. I'm just like, (laughs) Casey, because I know how many people listen to this podcast. You know what I mean? (laughs) Busy's face was I'm just like, it's not good. This podcast isn't going to do it. I'm so sorry, Jess. Casey's so proud of herself. (laughs) Um, But but it's so nice, you know, it's so nice to see, you know, Lizzo on the carpet wearing Versace and like big, big fashion houses that you never would have seen, you know, a couple years ago. So, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot that needs to be done. But the fact that Donatella Versace is dressing someone that's visibly fat it means that there is change. Okay. So I need to go back to the pivot because I realized I glossed over it. <laughs> it's okay. So you're you told- and I have ADHD. <laughs> we really do. We really do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, diagnosed, guys. So yeah. you're told no. And you're like, for you have this idea. I believe like a self-confidence calling. You're like, I want to be a model. Mm-hmm. Look at this face. Look at this body. <laughs> Who doesn't want to see me walking in clothes? So where do you go from there when like you're turned down by the agency that exists in your small town? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were in Georgia. So drove back to Mississippi, decided maybe it wasn't for me. I started doing makeup. So I, my very first makeup job was when I was uh, 11 years old. No, again, no right. I did my cousin <laughs> Melissa's. I did my cousin Melissa's makeup for her wedding. I kid you not. 
And I did like frost eyeshadow. It was like, it was a thing. Honestly, I found pictures the other day and like, I, I killed Melissa's wedding. She looked great. Like, she looked great. <laughs> So I'm always like, I've been a makeup artist for 20 years because <laughs> I did get paid. I think she gave me like 20 bucks or something. But um, yeah, I started doing makeup professionally, you know, in my late teens into, you know, my mid twenties when I started modeling. And I mean, I did a bunch of other things, but I really thought makeup was my calling. So when I moved to LA, when I was 24, I really thought that I was moving to LA to become a makeup artist. And I was, you know, I was dating this guy at the time, you know, I had my older son, he was a few years old and I thought, okay, I'm going to be a makeup artist. And within a few months of moving to LA, a casting director had found some photos of me online and reached out to me. And I believe in the universe and divine timing. And that was my first job. And ironically enough, not ironically, because again, universe, that same building, which is the CNN building in LA mm-hmm. is, is literally across the street from where I film my podcast now. So I always look out the window and think like, you know, it's just life is funny. So yeah. Oh, wow. Full I love those moments. I love yeah. those moments where you're like, your timelines are like, mm-hmm. you're, you can see your previous self walking yeah. in the doors of the building across the street. And you're like, and here yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interviewing. Like I, I hope one day you, yes. and I think to myself, like, I can't believe that this gets to be my life. It's just fucking wild listening. It's just, yeah. Life is crazy. <laughs> I mean, agree, <laughs> agree. But so like you loved doing makeup, you love doing your own makeup. And I feel like you obviously have had a lot of confidence in yourself and your ability in that respect. And I think that it's something that's super relatable because I feel this from you and I know it was true of me, which was that like, I was like sort of outwardly presenting the most confident in one avenue of my life. And then in another avenue of my life, I was just like, I could, I didn't have it together at all. Mm -hmm. Like it was a mess. You know what I mean? And I sort of like put all my focus on the work thing because I was like, well, this I know I can kill. And like this, Mm -hmm. I know I'm like, I got it. You know, like, has that been, because I know you've just had so many personal transitions recently in the last few years too. Like, has that been a thing where you finally are like, oh, wait, that confidence that I have over here, I can also bring to my personal life over here. Yes, that was very well said. That has been the biggest pivot of my entire life. It's been the past year and a half where, you know, I built this incredible career and I did all of these things that felt like really wild dreams to me and accomplishing. breaking. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, listen, when you're the, when you're one of the first folks that are busting through that door and changing things, you, you know, I mean, you don't know because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's just like (laughs) happening and you're, you're going with it, but you soon realize just from, from, you know, watching other folks and in history that have pushed things forward, you know that it's always tougher and it's harder and people don't get you and you're misunderstood. And so you kind of exist in this space for a long time where 
you know, you know, you're doing the right thing and, and no one else does. And so I reached this really interesting point where I started seeing part of the work that I was doing collectively come back. And I, I started really feeling and finding my purpose through my work and being happy again. And my personal life was just a mess because as I've, I've shared online and, and, you know, my friends know that, uh, you know, I was in, I was in an abusive relationship for many, for, for, uh, seven years and it affected everything I did. But for a long time, I was able to separate, you know, the work and the personal, and then it all started to bleed together. And like you said, like the love that I was showing everyone around me, especially through my work, because my work is a labor of love and I do it because I know that's my calling and my purpose. But inside I was drowning and I was just putting up this facade because I didn't really realize what was happening. So being able to leave, you know, the past year and a half, I am happier and calmer and more grounded. I, not a day goes by where I don't feel just incredibly grateful to, to still have my career and to be able to finally enjoy these, this life that I've created that for so long felt, um, you know, felt really out of reach for me. Yeah. And I think Tess, like one thing that I feel like is so important and I was just so incredibly moved by how you've shared what you've been going through and what you've gone through online is just that, you know, we all know like outward appearances can be deceiving. And I think that most women I know myself included would mm-hmm. look at you and think like, oh, Tess, she's such a fucking badass. Like <laughs> no one, yeah. no one would ever get away with treating her less than. Yeah. And so for you to be able to share is so, I mean, you're, you have to know. I'm sure you've heard, I'm sure people have reached out. Like I just, I know how many people it will help to see because people, that's the whole thing, right? Like everybody gets like into this shame spiral Mm -hmm. and then they're stuck. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you saying that. And that's, that's part, you know, I knew when it, when I left, I kept it, you know, a secret online for, you know, a year and a half. I, I kind of just made it look like, oh yeah, now all of a sudden I'm living with my best friend and my kids are split up temporarily because my older son went to live with his father, which was his choice. I was just keeping all of these moving parts and not sure what I was doing, but I knew that at some point when it was right, I wanted to talk about it because you're right. I am a badass, but a lot of people would look at me and think exactly what you said, myself included. And that's why I knew I had to say something because I didn't even realize that my relationship was abusive until you know, about two years in. And then when I realized it was abusive, it got worse as it usually does over time, it gets worse. And what happens is you get comfortable, not in the abuse, but just you get comfortable in the chaos and you start making excuses for your abuser. You start feeling guilty. And it was actually my therapist that told me 
what's keeping you, he asked me what's keeping you in your relationship. And I said, guilt. And once I was able to break through the guilt, the extreme guilt, because I felt like it was my purpose as this person's partner to help them through everything that, Mm -hmm. you know, they had this, they were dealing with this issue. And when you realize that, like, I can't fix these things, I can't do all of this. It's something that person has to do. Um, and freeing myself from that was really empowering it. And I, I hope that's what people take out of it is that, you know, your partners are supposed to, you know, provide support and stability and love, but you know, you can't, you can't fix someone that isn't able to, to help themselves, you know? You can't fix anyone else. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Period. Like full yes. stop. But yes. I think that what, one thing that you just said that I just want to like call attention to, because I think it's super important, is that you didn't speak about anything that you were going through until you felt ready. And I yeah. think that so frequently on social media, um, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, 3 million followers or mm. like 30. I think people feel this pressure and this need to speak yeah. immediately, like as soon as something's happening. And I think it takes... Um, somebody who's in therapy, <laughs> clearly you are, <laughs> to like uh, have the understanding that like until you fully know what's going on and can sort of process it yourself, like you don't have to to share it with anyone publicly or even private. Like, dude, even yeah. privately, like yeah. you could just be figuring some shit out on your own for a couple years and yeah. like then be ready to let family in, be ready to let close friends in. That is perfectly okay. Yeah. But we all have been sort of tricked a little bit with the Facebook generation of like, we got to give this like status update immediately. Yes. And it's like, guys, put the fucking brakes on the status update. It's like, we're all in the public eye. You know what I mean? Like you right. two are both yes. in the public eye. You're public figures. But I think we've all been sort of fooled into feeling like we're public figures. I see it with friends who are just like regular, like school teachers and things happen in their lives and they almost feel like they have to issue a statement. Almost like, you know, like a, like a publicist has helped them write a statement about something that's happened in their lives. And, you know, and, uh, sometimes I feel myself like when something happens, I'm like, well, I better say something because people will be wondering what's going on. And then I'm like, oh, well, I am also wondering what's going on in my life. And uh, we can all just continue to wonder. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, but also it's like, I don't know the, the thing that's that I hope you like came to test because I feel like I have too is like in the same way you're not responsible for your partner, you're not responsible for everyone in the world. And so like mm -hmm. if sharing your story was going to be something that would cause you more trauma or more pain or would feel bad to you, um, even even if it's like, oh, it is going to help all of these other people, but if it would cause so much or, you know, pain for you. Like, so don't share, don't share it. Yeah. You know, it's, you both are, are correct. It, I, I felt this overwhelming sense of, again, guilt, but guilt in a different way yeah. where, you know, I've, I've created my entire, you know, I hate, you know, platform, whatever 
on authenticity and being honest and truthful and transparent. And so when I left and I, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) yes, that's why I love you. And so when I, when I left, I mean, I didn't share it because it wasn't for a lot of reasons, but I also, I had written out things so many times and I was like, I'm going to share it. And I just felt it in my heart. And, And when I decided to share it, it was, really on a day where I just woke up and my heart felt like I just everything inside of me said you need to and I messaged my my manager who had been telling me don't do it don't talk about it but it's like she knew she knew I wasn't ready and it wasn't the right time and when I felt called I did and I you know with the exception of of a handful of miserable people online everyone was incredibly supportive and and still is and it feels like I can actually start living my life. It. I was keeping this like awful secret for so long. I had followers messaging me on Instagram saying, I remember meeting you at Disneyland because anyone that knows me knows before the pandemic, <laughs> I was always at Disneyland. Yes. And, we still have um, to go together. I'm still we, like, I'm holding out hope for this trip. We, busy. we are go- It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I had people like messaging me saying, you know, hey, I saw you at Disneyland and I saw this and this happen between you and your partner. And like, I want to tell you, I believe you. And, you know, wow. then you realize, wow, you weren't, I wasn't hiding it. So I just, I felt like I could finally start living my life and being able to do that in a global pandemic has mm-hmm. been uh, where, where the world is actually slowed down has been really, really, really needed and wonderful. I'm so happy to see you happy. That must have been really hard. And it's just nice to see you happy. I'm so happy. Thanks. Um, Okay. So currently, I feel like here's what I'm waiting for with you. And I just want, I want to know how close I am or how far I am. I'm waiting for the skin. (laughs) I'm waiting for the skincare line. Mm. Oh, yes. You know, I am definitely manifesting that. And I also want to, I want to do my own skincare line. I want to do my own hair care, like hairline, because I have the best hair. And I also <laughs> really have the best hair. You do. It's true. But like, I, wait, can I ask you a question? Do you want like, do you feel like, like for me, I would put anything on my skin. You told me to, you have the most beautiful skin of all oh, time. Thank you. And your hair is also exceptionally gorgeous. And I've seen it in person guys. And it's not like <laughs> extensions clipped in. This is real. This and woman's real, beautiful hair. But like with hair, I'm like, don't you just, don't you want just one of those big campaigns? I do. Um, I've been waiting, but again, brands, brands just, I don't know how to say this other than to just say it busy. Brands are afraid of me. Once I, my manager always jokes and she's like, you just need to get in the room because once you get in the room and people see your personality, it's different. But I'm like, God, do I just come off as this like horrible, scary bitch online? (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I would love to do a big hair care, uh, hair campaign with like a major brand just because of the visibility and representation. Like, you know, to have a fat girl uh, doing a Pantene ad, like that's it. That yeah. it would, yeah that that means so much. Like, so of course, yes, manifesting that, um, absolutely. But well, I just I wanted to just talk about the vision board for Tess for this for yeah. this next like two years because yeah, I do okay. think that you being the face of a major company's hair care line is like, 
I, I'm happy for you to be an entrepreneur and start your own, but I also like for representation for all the ladies out there to like see themselves represented. I would love for you to be on huge, you know, billboards in Times Square as the face of yeah. Pantene. It's also, well, can I just, I, I want to say something, Tess, you've had a lot of success in alternative spaces. But then I look at your Instagram and I look at your Facebook following and I look at your Twitter following and I look at the numbers of your success. And those aren't alternative successes. Those are full, flat out mainstream fucking successes. So I don't understand why a company wouldn't just be like, yeah, you're our fucking hair spokesmodel. Yes, there we go. Like you are a mainstream model. You look like me. If you modeled for a shampoo company, I would buy that shampoo because you represent what most of American women, A, look like and B, aspire to look like every, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you're the body shape of what most American women look like and you're what most American women aspire to like fix ourselves up cute to look like, you know what I mean? Thanks. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys are hyping me up. I love this. This is (laughs) I feel I feel like you guys are all actually hugging me. You know, it it feels really simple, you know, when you say it. And I appreciate like just hearing you say that makes me so happy because that's why, you know, I do what I do. It's just, you know, these brands, they want they say they want to be diverse, but then it's it's just it's not always the case. So you guys can speak it into existence for me. Like I just, for whatever reason, I'm, we got to make this vision board. I'm feeling Pantene, like truly Pantene okay. pro V test holiday for Pantene. This is what I'm feeling. Look at that hair. I'm You're so this. gorgeous. Do you have a branding <laughs> agent or is it just like your manager and your modeling? No, I have, I can connect you with my people. <laughs> For me to, for me to pitch out, for me to pitch you to Pantene. I'm ready. I've got it. I'm here to hype you. I think that like, here's what we all should do. Like, and it doesn't happen all at once. Tess, you're still relatively young. How? You listen, busy. Yes. I know I'm relatively young, but I'm turning 36 in July. And I am really, really, really struggling with the age thing and like our Mm -hmm. industry. Cause I'm like, obviously I'm not just a model. I consider myself like an advocate. I'm doing a ton of things. Like, you know, I'm working on a ton of things. They're making me super happy, but I'm just like, Oh, I feel like I'm getting old and then no one will care. Blah, blah, blah. I was literally 39 years old when I was offered my Olay campaign. And that was like, I'm a third, I'm a, wait, I'm so sorry. I'm getting a skin campaign <laughs> offered to like at age 39. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I would have like, you I were- don't even know what I would have done in, at age 21. Like when I want, I wanted all that shit and I didn't understand. And like, and now I kind of do now. Cause this Get is, it. cause I'm supposed to be, here. And I thought, because also like we can't buy into the ageism bullshit in the same way Mm -hmm. we can't continue to buy into the body bullshit because it's all coming from the same patriarchal fucking place. You know why? I know that I know that, but (laughs) wow. You know, I think I just need to hear it from you. So you're right. I need to be less hard on myself. And the thing I wanted to ask you 
speaking of like different points in your career, and I know that this wasn't a highlight in your career, I'm speaking for you, but New Girl is my favorite show of all time. (laughs) And every time I watch New Girl and see you pop up, I always get so excited. You're seeing where you're like the mean bar person. Bar person. I loved it. Well, I've been friends with Liz Merriweather for so long and Mm. I always wanted to do something on the show, but I was basically like on Cougar Town the whole time that that show was on. So then I think when Cougar Town was over, she was like, please, I want you to do this episode and be really mean to Nick. It was and I was so like, good. It's oh, my dream. I love it. <laughs> it was and it so, was super fun. Yeah. It was so fun. But no, anyways, that's why I was that's where I was going with that. If that if that would have happened to me in my career, I'd have been like, well, this is just another moment. But it's like we have these little moments <laughs> in our I, I just it's I don't you like how I'm making it a bigger deal for you than, than it was. That, well, it's interesting because that's probably a thing that Busy forgot all about. And here it is like one of your favorite things, you know what I mean? So you probably have a million things that you forgot all about that people are yeah. like, remember when Tess Holiday did this thing? That was like the hugest deal for me. And probably you know, people I mean, yeah. like I'm I'm like a writer and people are like, Oh my god remember when you wrote that thing? And I'm like, no, I don't even, I don't, I do not. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, I guess I did that. That was kind of cool. I do remember new girl. Cause it was so fun. And also I too love that show. And I love like, it's one of my comfort shows. Same. Yeah. So I love watching it at night if I'm stressed or whatever, like I will zone out on a new girl, like three episodes of a new girl. Yeah. Oof, you know so who great. else loved new girl? Who? Prince. Did? Oh right, of course. No, because Prince did the Prince did the iconic episode where there's butterflies flying. Yeah, he's like getting. Ready. Can you imagine? Like Prince calls your show and he's like, "Your show is my favorite show. Can I be on it?" No, no, I can't. I, I can't. also can't. Not to yeah. make it about Prince, but you know, I always like to make it about Prince. <laughs> But Tess, I was, okay, in your podcast, Slumber Party with Tess Holiday. subscribe, download, like for more. Anyway, um, in the Ricky Lake app, you were saying how since you've like stepped into this new place of like, you know, being loving yourself and like, and, and being good to yourself and listening to what it is that you need, that you've been seeing like angel numbers yeah. a lot which is like 1111 yep. or 222 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still, you're still seeing them? Every single day. I literally, every day. I, yeah, every day one appears to me, but I, and I screenshot them every day. And it's funny because my, my background of my phone is Michael Scott screaming. Um, <laughs> but, so I screenshot one the other, that was uh, 12, it was 12, mm-hmm. 22, and it was on March 22nd. So little things like that where you look down and you're like, yeah. wow. But it really makes me feel comforted. And also I I feel like now all I do is talk about the universe and manifestation and all of that. But it's truly because if people really knew what, you know, the shit, what my life was really like, like, like and the shit I went through, just knowing that, you know, like you said, I'm here for a reason. All of this has happened the way it was supposed to it just brings me comfort and makes me feel like I'm on the right path, you know, like I did the right thing and that there's, I'm not alone, you know? So. And you're uh, not. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing with the pennies, which like people are like, okay, busy. You see, and people, (laughs) and I fucking hate it when people are like, you see the pennies because you want to see the pennies. And I was like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Yeah. But also like, by the way, no shit. 
I'm manifesting the fucking pennies <laughs> when I need to see the pennies. Yeah. Like they're showing up because I'm like, hey guys, I need to see a penny. Can somebody help me out here? A hundred percent. But also like anyone that gives you a hard time for something that makes you happy. I'm, I just like can't imagine being True. that person. Cause I just want to see everybody happy. And if, if like, I'm like, Oh, that's not a thing. Like you just don't say it out loud. You just let somebody like, let it bring them joy or happiness. We all fucking need it right now. <laughs> Literally. What do you care? That's what I'm yeah. always like. Like, what do you care that I read my horoscope? Like, let me just yeah. think about how and meditate on how I'm gonna, you know, have a good day. But Casey, sure. you're hurting. You're hurting them by reading your horoscope. <laughs> That's you're hurting others, Casey. <laughs> Somebody who recently had a huge thing happen in their life, what like really told me this kind of big long story about how everything was connected, and they said to me like everything's connected, and you're here to make me realize that everything's connected, and you're connected to this situation. And they were like so emphatic about it that they really made me believe it. And then ever since then, I'm like everything is connected. And, everything is like, connected. <laughs> Well, everything, everything is connected, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean like, and then I'm like, holy shit, everything is connected. Like I see connections between things all the time. And I'm like, this song is connected to this thing in my life. And then I'll like look up the Wikipedia article. And like, it turns out that the person wrote it when they were like driving through the town I was born in. And I'm like, everything's connected. (laughs) But that's, but that is. Everything is connected, but also you have to be like in tune to things being connected and notice that in order to like, that has to be on your wavelength and not everyone, not everyone is able to be open to see those things. Some people never will be. And, and, but it it is really special when you're able to make those connections and see those things. And I just feel like, I feel like for me, just talking to you right now, and I'm so glad we have this chance to have you on the podcast. I just love you so much. Um, I really think that these next two years for you and maybe even maybe beyond two, but like, I'm just seeing these next two years for you. It's going to be like off the charts test. Like you, the world is open for you and like, you're now open for the world. And like, and as soon as we all get vaccinated, the world will be open. So. I hope so. And and I want to tell you when you text me yesterday, I had just driven past the place you used to work out and it was the first time I had ever seen it. Like I was driving through LA and I saw the building and I look up and I was like it was like the LEK place yeah, or whatever. Like and yeah. I was like and I was like, "Wait, that's where Busy goes." And you had messaged me and again, universe And then I thought about how I'm on my third month doing Pilates three days a week. And it's like changed my life. Like I'm a completely different person, like inside and out. I feel so connected. And I was like, now I get when busy would post these like sweaty, drippy Insta stories doing it. (laughs) Cause I'm like, who wants to work out at five 30 in the morning? But now that I'm that sweaty, drippy person three days a week, um, I get it. It's just, yeah. So, it changes everything. Um, it does. Being, like your yeah, yeah. body being connected to your mind, being connected to your heart. Like it's all fucking connected, guys. And it's it not, is. and it's not <laughs> like, you know, I always would get annoyed if anybody would, well, whatever, I actually don't care. But occasionally people would say things on my to my Instagram or whatever, like, nobody wants to see you like trying to get a hot bod. I'm like, guys, this isn't about like <laughs> trying to do something that like, you don't even know what I think a hot bot is, A, B. Like this is really about my like mind, body, spiritual connection. 
and I get yeah. the best. Ask Casey. I get real fucking good ideas when I'm on that tram. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I do. I'll call Casey yeah. after a workout. And I was like, I was just jumping and I had the best idea. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that you're loving Pilates. It's, I do hot Pilates. And oh, it's, amazing. Um, it's honestly, it's funny. The girl that is my instructor has done my facials at Joanna Vargas for the past two years and literally never mentioned Pilates. And we're like, we're like friends. We know it, what's going on in each other's lives. Yeah. And then I called her crying three months ago. I jo- again, universe. And I, I had been working out with my trainer and I was just feeling a little lost. And she goes, do you want to try Pilates? And she had never mentioned it before. And I was like, I, in my head, I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can do it. And I literally, I went back three more times that week. And now it's my, you know, I schedule an end of my time. So, you know, like you said, um, things happen when they're supposed to. And I just going to remember that when I give myself a hard time for feeling like I'm too old for brands to hire a care <laughs> Right? So. That's oh my amazing. gosh. That's amazing. And also like, it's so good for people to hear too, because I do think, especially right now, a lot of people have been like feeling adrift or unmoored or lost or whatever. And like, to just remember that like, you have to leave yourself open. You have to be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to get out of toxic situations. Well. I um, love you. I love you both so much. I didn't I know love I. You too. I didn't know I needed this, but Aww. here we are. I'm so glad. Uh, the only thing I'm just—I have just like one tiny thing I want to say to you, and you may already be doing it, but I want to okay. just say one thing. Okay. In your like thinking forward, thinking about your goals and stuff, mm-hmm. I want you to like just have as much specificity as possible. Wait, what do you mean? Like be as specific as you can be in thinking about what you want next. Thank you. I, it's, you know, it's not funny that you're mentioning this. I should just stop saying this. Let me move my glasses and my weed pen off of my, (laughs) off of my journal really quick. But um, this is my like thing. I, I wrote this, I put this by my book to basically like manifest things. And the last time I wrote in it was, February 25th, the first and only. So I need to, I need to like start. This is it. You need to, I I want you to like right now, will you just write down Pantene hair campaign 2020 slash 21. No, wait, 21. Uh, Wait, what you guys, what fucking year is it? Don't get it in 2020. That won't do. 21 slash 22. You guys, I can't. I like just, we've all lost a fucking year. I don't know. know. It's It's 21. It's 21. Got it. Got it. I'm that's doing, why, I'm that's doing why, it now. Yeah. That's I'm, why we I, all need to do nice things for ourselves. We lost a year. And then I want whatever, I want you to create your own face oil. Um, I am going to create my own skincare line. I've, I'm working, I'm working towards something like that, but you know, I want it to be done right. But yeah, it's, I always had shitty skin. So now to be able to, have skin that someone like 
you tells me is great is I love your skin. Your skin is so beautiful. Thank you. And then I'm always excited to see you in fashion because I, you know, I have to be honest, I'm excited that brands are expanding to be more inclusive size wise. It is my pet peeve when a brand says like, you know, we have all sizes now and then you click on it and it's just like three outfits in gray in the plus size range. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. And it, or it only goes up to three X and I'm like, yeah, it's, there needs to be, yeah, we need to work towards. We that, also but. like, we didn't talk, we didn't get into this, but we talked about on our, in one of the early episodes of our podcast, we talked about the strawberry dress and about, and about like, yes, because we were like, cause credit is a big thing for me. I'm like a real credit bitch. Yeah. But the first time that we all had ever seen the strawberry dress was, was you, be, was you wearing yeah. it. And it was like, fucking amazing and I know that you wrote like you got put on worse dress lists and blah 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 and then fucking Harry Styles wears it he is a snack and like some skinny 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 twiggy Instagram type girls wear it and then it like is the new hot thing and you're like hey guys guess what guess who had it on a year and a half ago your girl right here yes yes yeah, it was completely, it was totally frustrating uh, to, you know, yeah, I, I know I wore, like, people were like, you wore a cottage core dress to the Grammys and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, when you get invited to the Grammys, you can wear whatever the fuck you want, but until you do, be quiet. I loved that dress. I felt so That dress is amazing. Dress. Perfect for the Grammys, Thank by you. the way. I Thanks. I felt great. And yeah, we were right when it, like, went viral on TikTok. Literally... Um, everyone, there was a, somebody that tweeted, that's where I saw it gone viral, basically saying like tested it first. And, and when I spoke about it, I, everyone was like, you're just mad that they made it popular. And I go, listen, I don't care about who popularized it. I just care that we have an issue societally where it's only deemed as fashionable or trendy or whatever, because slender framed folks are wearing it It, when you know in the reality I wore it long before people were actually talking about it and people trashed me like all those Instagram polls that people do I was getting mentioned in stories like crazy and people were like she looks like crap like everybody hated it so it it was just kind of funny and I have it in my closet actually in my room right here and it's probably now one of my like favorite pieces that I own I think like if if I ever have a museum of clothing like Dolly, I want my strawberry <laughs> dress to be in it. And my, I have the, I just got the, when I was in London last, I got my bodysuit that I wore on the cover of Cosmo, the designer, yes. oh. the designer, um, the designer had been holding it for me. And she was like, oh, I wasn't sure if you wanted it. And so she met up with me and gave it to me. And that was right before COVID. And I was like, look at the universe. Cause I probably wouldn't have gotten it if it was for that. So I have that too, which which means a lot. So I love that. Well, listen, like, even if it's not ever, maybe, maybe you donate it to a fashion (laughs) museum or something at some point. I'm going to have a museum of my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I go. put it in that, put it in that journal, put it in the journal. But, but here's what, here's like the thing that I think that people did sort of miss in that strawberry dress debate that I just want to like say one more time here, which is that for years, as somebody who's like been in those like rags, rags, mom, (laughs) you know, like, like 
used to be in the like who wore it best competition things or even um, what was your friend Joan Rivers show, Casey? Oh, Fashion Police. Fashion Police. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I said this from the fucking beginning. Yeah. Whoever the skinnier person was would be the winner of the competition. Yeah. And it always was like so fucking obvious to me and so annoying. And like, and to keep perpetuating this idea that the only people that can look good in clothes are people are like the people with the least amount of body is so insane because it's really like anything else. Like, and I know people like sort of, it's hard to, it's, it's sort of hard to understand until it just changes. Right. Yeah. Like, People don't get that, like, they're like, but I just think it looks better. And it's like, you you just think it looks better because you haven't, like, been retrained in your brain. Yeah, your brains are think, broken. Well, your brains are it, broken from, from it, yeah. yeah, Yeah, and, and uh, but also, you know, yeah, that is the issue. And, and it also is because mainstream media and fashion and media has has only shown that particular body type. And we have only celebrated that particular body type. It's literally only been the past few years Mm -hmm. where you have seen, you know, folks in larger bodies existing in high-end fashion and being celebrated. And literally only the past two seasons have we had major plus-size models on the runways wearing major designers, like literally the past like two years. So it's just, you know, that is the big issue. And that's why it's so important when these brands do these diverse campaigns, like even the Olay one that you were part of, even, you know, whatever things that I've been grateful enough to be a part of. That's why it's so important to, to be mindful of who you're casting in this, because it literally changes how people view what is perceived as like beautiful and, and quote unquote normal. We have to like normalize quote unquote normal. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because just getting to see a mannequin in a store to like know how the fuck a pair of jeans might look on you, you know, like, and, and to feel like you even are welcome or like you even belong in the store. Like when you're a regular person, I've been listening to this podcast. Um, there's this really popular podcast you're wrong about, but one of the hosts has been doing this podcast called maintenance phase. That's all about like dieting in the diet industry Mm -hmm. and about, and it's just about how, like, it just doesn't work. It's all a scam. It's all a scam. And like, it, it just, it just does not well, anyone work. who watched like the biggest loser ever knows that it's a scam yes. because it's they it's like they tried to get me to be on the biggest loser. <gasps> yeah. Like, but it was my it was at the start of my career. So no one knew who I was. So so it wasn't like it was like Tess Holiday on the biggest loser. Oh my God. But but they they asked me to do it. And I'm so glad that even then I had the integrity to say no because it's so it was so um, you know, demoralizing to see fat folks pulling airplanes, because I'll tell you guys what I have worked out my entire life. It wasn't until Pilates that I found something that my body loved and that I was drawn to. And I'm still, I'm actually eating more now than ever because I'm, I'm recovering from an eating disorder and I, my body has changed. It's not because I'm on like a diet. So, you know, once you, once you realize how, I mean, 
I could talk forever about diet culture, but all of this, like the theme of this podcast, I think is just, it's all connected. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. And it's just, it's a shame because, you know, you're just made to fucking hate yourself. And it's like the number one cause of bullying from like the second Mm -hmm. that you're born, you know, the second that you're sent to school on a bus when you're six or whatever, you know, and inanimate objects make you hate yourself, chairs and mannequins and, you know, and let alone people and um, articles of clothing and everything's not made for you. Also dating while fat. I'm so glad I have my cats and my kids because now (laughs) it's so it's awful dating while dealing with all that like you said Casey and jumping on top of you know the the, how people treat like plus size folks dating is ridiculous but um but yeah it's there's a lot of work that needs to be done I feel so lucky because my partner, my husband, I think that he's, he's a wonderful person and just has always seen me as like a person, which is like, but even that gets like a little unhealthy because I'm like, he sees me as a person. Well, how fucked up is that? That I'm like, so grateful that someone sees me as a person, like fucking, of course, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like that's wild that I'm like, yay, he deserves all the cookies in the world for seeing me (laughs) as a person. And then, but then also he's had to watch people treat me like shit and be like, you know, he's had to watch his friends treat me like shit. And, yeah. and be like, and then have to make a choice. Like, what do, what, do I cut this person out of my life? Do I punch yeah. the, my friend in the face? What do I do? You know? I mean, both, yeah. I think, it, yeah. is the answer. It's, it's wild. Is what I, yes. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. It's I, just, think, I think both is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be like, um, honey, you should punch my friend in the face. <laughs> I mean, probably closer probably to the truth. The best yes. Course but... of action in that case. I mean, I know. I just, you know, I think but Tess, like again, circling back, so grateful that you were so sure of yourself and your abilities, aka you call it delusional. I'm yeah. going to call it an amazing amount of confidence and belief that like you were meant to do this because you like have opened the door for so many people yeah and and have started countless conversations and so you know fuck the late night shows that haven't had you on <laughs> no shade except all shade <laughs> to yeah. them and and like and like we keep going right like yeah. we keep and we keep going for like our kids yeah. and and for the fact that like we want to change people's brains like it, we yeah. have to and i'm have- i'm like i i have to do my own fucking work myself like i have had to and i've had to like retrain my own biases about mm-hmm. um like fat phobia and like even just things that i you know wouldn't even think twice about like somebody saying and then being like, oh yeah, no, wait, that is, that is fucked. Yeah. But once you like, it's like learning a new language, dealing with uh, your fat phobic Mm -hmm. tendencies or your biases Mm -hmm. based in things that like, honestly, 
it's you couldn't help the household you grew up in, but now you have to learn how to speak a different language and your brain will click at some point, but it's fucking practice. And like, you just have to keep retraining and when you, you're going to fuck up, but don't be afraid to ask questions. And like, You know what I mean? Because I still struggle sometimes. And I'm so grateful to like my friends and my sister and people who've educated me and, you know, and and yeah. for my own sanity, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, it, I have, you know, I have said this a lot throughout the podcast, but, you know, I do really love and admire you, but not just, not just because I was, a fan of your mom's and you. No, I'm just kidding. Before I met you, <laughs> I was going to say you, but your mom was funnier. I was a fan of, you know, your work long before actually being, you know, being lucky enough to call you a friend, but I was going to say something, but ADHD, I forgot what it was. <laughs> I'm going to say, I love you, Tess. I'm going to let you go. And um, I cannot wait to go to Disneyland with you. Tess, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You're a ray of sunshine. (laughs) You are such a ray of sunshine and even lighter and freer and like just living it all, just beaming. And I really, I'm just, I... I'm so excited to watch where you go Thank in the you. next several years because I just like the whole world is opening up now. And like we thought it was before, but let's see where, you know, it's going to go. Honestly, I have, ha- I'm halfway vaccinated. And when I get that other vaccination, I am going to make out with everybody. Everyone. So. <laughs> but I mean, we're all, it's the summer all right, of let's just get in line. fucking making out. No one, no one's getting out without getting on. That's, I'm serious. I'm with you. I'm actually a hundred percent with you. Okay. Bye guys. Bye everyone. Bye guys. Guys, we're back with Tom Link. Um, just still chatting about toilet paper. We were, we were at, Tom asked during the test interview when you guys were listening to it, how we felt about single ply versus double ply. Busy, I'm, you a, said dub- I'm a double. I'm like a and- Charmin. I'm a Charmin bitch. I love that bear. I love its clean asshole. And I love. You know what? They, they have a commercial right now that I've been seeing a lot about where um, the bears all have itchy assholes, I guess, because they're not getting their assholes clean enough. And I'm mm-hmm. like. I guess that's like a problem. Dear Charmin Bears, that's a different, that's actually a different situation. What's the thing that Kristen, the thing that Kristen Bell had, like all her kids brought it home from preschool or whatever. Ringworm? Ringworm? The itchy booty hole. Pinworms? Pinworms. 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 That's what those bears have. I mean, I have to think, like bears probably do get a parasite every now and then in the forest. That's maybe like... Like maybe it's a toilet paper thing, but maybe it's like more serious and those bears need to go to the doctor. Also, maybe they're wiping too hard. Uh, I'm a single ply because I like to have, uh, I like to be gentle down there and I like to have control. Sometimes there's just too much. It just seems like the double, the charm and stuff. Sometimes it feels like there's just too much of it, you know, and it just leaves. We can't, you get use. I use, I use less. Like I just, that a charm and I really feel you, you could do one square. Because that's just yeah. like, that shit is just like very plush. <laughs> Tom's face right now. I actually almost thought you were frozen because you're just like, <laughs> you're just. Okay, wait. Guys, we had, we asked 
Wait, Tom, do you think that like we're living in the Sims world or that this is like a matrix or what? Like, what's your feelings on it? Um, are we living in a matrix? I just, are we, are we each in our own matrix then? Or are we all part of somebody else's thing? We don't know. We don't know. Like it might all Up be a big debate. video, video game that someone's playing. Do you yeah. exist? Are, do both of you exist in my mind? Are you cr- characters I created? Do we, or do you exist only because, well, like, or are we all being played by different players? I feel like I don't think we're, I don't think I'm someone playing a video game and I'm their avatar. I don't think so. Because I feel like it would, no. I, and also <laughs> I don't think about it that much. The thing I do think about, though, that's sort of related is, do you think that, I think about this a lot, do you think that, planet earth is a being like you know how we have bacteria living on us or parasites living on us and like we get a rash and then we scratch it and then we have to like kill you know we have to take medicine to kill it off do you think that the earth in a way that we can't understand it conceptualize is is a being and like we are the parasites on it and like it's scratching us it's like you know setting like earth horton here's a who shit yeah like do you think that the, that then the earth is a being uh, parasiting on another being, which is the, the universe, and it just goes on forever. And, like, are the other planets, are they all beings and they all sort of communicating? I'm not on drugs, I swear. No. But are listen. those, do they, are they able to communicate in ways and maybe some of them are dead and frozen, just still floating? I don't know. Whoa. Okay, here's what, Whoa. Here's what I'm going to say. I would like to get stoned and talk about this more. Okay. I think that there's some version of something, some fucking crazy ass shit going on. You know what I mean? Like, and I have the same things that like repeat and pop up and like things that are just real fucking strange. If it isn't a video game, I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Who's running this shit? (laughs) Yeah, like deja, what what if deja vu is really like, Something well, that's deja vu is part of it, right? Like and, like, and timelines, the, like time, like what? I want to go to the timeline where I'm like monetarily really successful and having a, like a great time, right? Maybe you, you need go. to do a timeline jump. Well, here's what I'll tell you, Tom. Like, this is a very comforting thought is that sometimes when you're having a bad time, it is very comforting just to be like, hey. There is a timeline that exists where things are going fucking awesome for me. Yeah. So let me just think on that one for a minute. Mm. Like, and wait, I saw Mark Marcella Kroll, who's the psychic that I love, the tarot card reader online. She participated in this like, I don't know if it's like sort of like a meditation session called a timeline jumping session with a person named... P the fairy. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, laughing. You guys, I can't. We can't make it up. But P the fairy. I need more information before I commit to wanting to do a session of timeline jumping. Okay. But P the fairy does these like guided timeline jumps. Well, be careful, busy, because I did you watch behind her eyes on no, one what's of that? the various? <laughs> yes, I've been dying to talk. <laughs> what is it? It's the what craziest. is it? Yes. What it's is the it? craziest show on Netflix. 
It's a show on Netflix. And I'm just cautioning you to be careful. Be, just be careful going out of your body. Yeah. It's, That's, it's just, if you think it's a murder mystery show and then it's about astral projection. So, I, and just, I'm going to just say, be careful. Oh, I really do. I meditated on the airplane and I really do have like, I like can get like, I, when I meditate, I get like, it is wild. I like go deep so fast. Maybe you're outside of your body. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Um, you know, Prince, I think Prince kind of was into all of this stuff. He believed in in this stuff kind of strongly. I'm going to send you one of his albums, Busy. That okay, please I think do. You'll, you'll like it. Um, Talk about someone who like maybe was in touch with another timeline or other things that we can't conceptualize. I feel like, mm-hmm. don't you think he was? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. He He had this feeling of like, everything you believe is true and you are everything and everything is you and everything has happened before and everything Mm -hmm. will happen again. Mm -hmm. And, um, but still you can evolve, but everything is the same shit, different time. I don't know. It's really interesting, but there's this album artificial age that I think is like, um, a little bit of like a handbook for like saying goodbye, but like, in my opinion, Prince fam, don't get after me if you don't think the same thing. But I think it's when he knew that like his life was drawing to a close. He had a couple albums after that, but I think that's when he sort of knew like I'm not long for this world, but also like I'll be beyond this. Don't worry about it. Mm. Mm. Also, not to sort of bring it back. I wonder if, um, if if when his coming of age, if there had been more options open to him as far as being queer or uh, gender non-binary or fluid. I wonder if he would have, you know, I just, I wonder about like, and I know he was really religious as well, but also. Yes. Yes. This This is like, we could do a podcast that's like a week long about this. We could, there's, there's so, so, so much. And I do want to do a podcast that's a week long about this with you. There's so (laughs) much to talk about. It's like, so much like you talk about Prince people love to talk about Purple Rain people love to talk about you know there's like five albums that people love to talk about but there's so much and just like we were talking about Lil Nas X like doing you know basically giving people like a graduate course in this one song like Prince was really doing things on like 77 levels that people are just like oh no I love Purple Rain you know but he was really (laughs) he was really like doing a whole thing that is super fascinating and um that whole like gender construct thing is really really super fascinating to me anyway it's all super fascinating um do you guys see numbers a lot do you see the same, like repeating numbers one 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 eleven eleven two 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 yeah i always see like my favorite numbers that's cute hey should we read this letter or no yeah go ahead Okay, so we, I talked about the Matrix shit, Tommy. Yeah. Mike glitch, glitches in the Matrix. I've had a few recently that are pretty wild. Yeah, I was telling you about one that I had too that was really weird. Okay, so Busy, read the, read the letter. 
Okay, so we asked people at home if they wanted to, they could write to our email address, which is busydoingherbest at gmail.com to share their own glitches in the matrix stories or whatever their Sims theory is or whatever they, video game, whatever they think. Um, And here's one from someone named Pamela who wrote us and said, ladies, you asked for our crazy shit re Sims matrix fuckery in life. Here's mine. It's smallish, but I'll never forget it. I was driving to work in the morning. I'm from the Detroit area. I won't bore you with highway numbers. And I was passing one of those electronic billboards where traffic alerts and other up to the minute reports are posted by the government. As I glanced at the billboard out of the corner of my right eye, I saw that it said something about an accident, but I couldn't see the details. The billboard was behind me. It was too late. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, what did that say? And suddenly, there was the billboard again coming up on my right. Not another billboard, the same one. I drive that route five days a week. There are not two of those billboards within a mile of each other. The same billboard popped up again And I had enough time to read the message allowing me to get off the freeway and take surface roads to the office to avoid the wall-to-wall traffic only two miles ahead. I made it to work on time that day, but I was useless for the first hour because I was so stunned by what had happened. I thought about needing to read that message and the matrix abided. So convenient. So trippy. Thanks for the pod. It's one of my favorites. That's fascinating. Like... Were they both real or was one like a vision? You know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's just like when your Netflix freezes and just a little glitch. I think it was just a jump. Yeah, it was just like, it was like a glitch in the, it was literally like a glitch. That she just saw. Have you ever seen that, that video of like when the basketball players are like, they're doing a play (gasps) and then they all. Have you ever looked at, have you ever seen this? Okay. There's a there's a video. I don't even know what the team is because I'm so not a sports bitch, but there's basketball players. They're doing a play. They're playing a game and then they all turn and they move and they are exactly in unison like they're doing a dance and it's so strange. It's it the looks strangest like thing. It looks like a video game. It's the craziest thing. And were they conscious of it? No. no. They're just like they're just they totally just- in sync. They're just 100% in sync, all moving together. It's the weirdest thing. And people are like, it's a glitch in the matrix. Or our hive mind or... or (laughs) So weird. It's like all their programming is together. Well, BT Dubs, I don't want to blame your electronics issues on me, but uh, I don't wear watches anymore because I killed so many of them. I... Yes. Casey? Tell yes. Tom about me. Yeah, you kill everything. Wait, what? Are you a slider as well? I'm, I'm in a Facebook group. It's called SLI, like street light interference. A lot of us have like street yes. light yeah. things happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I kill all electronics. Yeah. I like power down things. I like turn street lights off. Yes. I, I, my car, you know, honestly, you can put this in the Facebook group just if people are considering it and you have this ability, don't get one. Because the car has like never functioned proper, properly because it's all electronic. And Ray has taken it to the dealer like seven times and they're like, there's nothing wrong with this car. This car is fine. Yep, that's, I didn't realize there's others like me out there. Uh, I've been known to like 
I had to purchase three of the same TV before I got one that worked. That like when you would plug it in, it would turn on. It's like, stuff like well, that. you are both very energetic. So maybe you're just like... Sucking. Our energy is a lot. It's a lot. We're yeah. high, I, well, what I, my theory is like we're, we're functioning on high frequencies and it, yeah. maybe it's part of the matrix. Maybe it's a Prince thing. It's just like we're vibrating on something that isn't just like, you know, not just ready another, for this plane. This plane isn't ready for it. Yeah. Just, I just went so we, I, <laughs> I feel like I really opened up in ways I haven't. Um, on this podcast, is this a healing? Is this well, welcome. consider this a health and wellness podcast? I feel he- it uh, is. Healed. Yeah, welcome I mean, to Izzy Phillips is doing her best. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely not um, FDA approved as that. But um, you know, but we did in- invent pussy mints and <laughs> um, and butt strips and uh, and you know. Hey guys, guys, just. Guys, listening, do us a favor. If pussy mints exist, please don't. Please don't tell us about it. Yeah, because we us, really let us and, just believe. And we don't think let us live. We don't think your pussy smells. We we just no. think the area around your pussy. Might even if smell. it does, it's still great. It's great. It might be delightful it smells to have great. a little. Also, find find you somebody who thinks it does smell great. You know yeah. what I mean? That's like what the, we're all supposed to be doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's where that's the pussy the come in. If gold? you like the way it smells, that's the ad. If you like the way it smells, but other people aren't accustomed to it or ready for it, then that's what when you would want a pussy mint, maybe. I'm <laughs> work in progress. If you don't love this pussy at its worst, you don't deserve this pussy at its best. Is that a meme that we... <laughs> I was just going to say, is that new merch? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I do too. I really do too. All right, guys, listen, I got to go. You got to go. Everybody's got to go. This podcast is too long. Sorry if the sound sucks, but guess what? You didn't even have to fast forward through commercials, but don't worry. Those commercials are coming back. They're coming back. They're not called commercials on a podcast. They're called what? Ads. Just ads. Ads. Yeah. All right. Tom, like, we love you so much. We love you so much. I feel uh, this, my skin is clearer. My hair is shinier <laughs> having spent this time with you. I uh, agree. I agree with all of it for all of us. And you at home, I hope that your skin is clearer and your hair is shinier. And, oh, I haven't given you a toe fungus update, Casey, recently. Oh, bummer. We're out of time, everyone. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Hey, guys, until next week. We love we you. Love we you. love you. Oh, no.